What's up, nerds? This is Taylor with the Millennial Mission Podcast. I'm excited to have you today for episode three today, which you're listening to. Um, it's on Rooted in Christ. It's me and Josh Hamilton. We talk about what it means to be um, rooted deeply in our faith, especially so that we can go and bear fruit with others. You can listen to this um, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, whatever suits you best, and of course on our website. And we really encourage you guys to start a conversation, um, to comment, because this isn't meant to be um, a conversation we're all having together. And I'm sure you have better points than we do. Josh, you gotta get excited. So we just we just went on like a twenty mile hike, basically. It's it was it wasn't that much. So I'm staying at um, so Josh, this is Josh Hamilton from the First Millennial Mission podcast, which people liked. People liked you a lot, so we brought you back. I was I was on a trail. I'm like, we're gonna stop being friends, pretty much. <laughs> so I'm staying with him, and we we're hungry, so we decided to go to Kroger. Um, and apparently Kroger is sushi. I don't know if you guys know that. You may be having the same reaction that I did where I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I've only had pretty much pretty solid sushi unless you go to like a Chinese buffet or something like that. Like that's, I mean, I'll, I'll eat it just because it's there pretty much. But um, I've always been afraid of gas station sushi, which is just what I assumed um, Kroger was. So we got, we went, pick up the sushi and Josh's like, hey, let's go to this park. You know, it's just a few miles away. It's by the movie theater that we went to yesterday. Um, we saw what Ghost in the Shell. That was like okay. It was, yeah, it was okay. It was fine. I was like, okay, we're here. It's a lot of visually five cool. bucks. It's over. Yeah, <laughs> done. Yeah, so we basically this is us um, as super friends, you know, going on dates together, and so we're we're gonna go to this nice picnic, and we just it's one of those walks. I don't know if you guys have ever had this, but you go to somewhere where you've never been to the end of a trail before, and it just like keeps on going, walking, walking, going. It's a pretty nice day out. It's probably close, a little close to seventy degrees. So our our our, sh- our actual like sushi sushi is cooking and not becoming raw food anymore, which is probably really healthy. Yeah, it'll be a little experiment. We'll see how we feel tomorrow. <laughs> exactly, just violent diarrhea. I could use a sick day off of work. It's okay. So Josh, I think the people want to know just how have you been since the last podcast we recorded, even though we recorded a long time ago, before it was put up. Sorry, guys. Been good, working a lot experiencing the uh did we talk about what you do last time i don't think so i don't think so either do you want to just tell people a little bit i work at uh, ingham county 911 i'm a dispatcher there so uh yeah i was a youth minister before that so basically touching the two opposite ends of the world uh it's quite an experience from small town fowler to uh city police work very uh it's tough to be merciful <laughs> i think it'd be great to like just for you, if you know your students, like the students that you used to do ministry with, you know their voice as well. They like call you up on the phone for the nine one one. He's like, oh, "It's it's them." Well, actually, getting that, arrested. Like, I do have that experience sometimes, where I'll uh, see a name or a number or something that I recognize, and I know somebody. So, I know people there that have experienced their people they know getting arrested and such. So, like, luckily, that doesn't happen to me because I don't have sketchy friends. Well, yeah, mostly. Besides the one across from the table. Yeah, we basically jerry-rigged his um, kitchen table. There's just wires and stuff everywhere. I'm pretty bitter, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, 
things for you guys to know is we'll have to take a picture of Josh. Like has he always between meals, he's got like all this kitchenware and stuff. Like it's ready to go. Like you could eat at any time. Fine. A fine dining experience. Which people make fun of me for, but then I'm like, have you read the gospels? Like Jesus walks in and they're like, we've got food and we're going to break an oil jar for you. So if Jesus walks in, he's going to find a wine glass, a cloth napkin and a couple of silverware ready for him. So you laugh now, but when he comes, I'll be ready. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something we talked about, uh, we kind of talked about a little bit last time, which is going to be a recur- reoccurring theme is um, doing ministry, how Jesus did ministry. And something that he kind of started out, this is what we're going to be talking about today, is basically that without Jesus, without being like rooted in him, without like having a like really thriving I'm an intimate and like consistent relationship where we're kind of like with any other relationship where we're spending time with them every day. Um, there's no way that we can bear fruit like, like through evangelization, like in our lives through simply like bringing people to Jesus through our relationships, which we, which we talked about in the first episode is having an intentional relationship with someone. Um, but I, I think a way to think about that is if you're having an intentional relationship with someone, I, I think something I've noticed is that kind of what you talked about right there kind of offhandedly is that you kind of become like your friends over time. It's like the more that you spend time with someone, you kind of pick up their mannerisms. Like I've noticed that I lived with, um, I did a missionary year um, with 10 other people. I had no choice of who they were. And it was basically this a really intense experience where this was before college where we were living, we we drove 35,000 miles in a van all over the country. We're like working, eating, um, like sleeping, like basically doing everything these people and you just kind of like become like them because it's like this intense family experience. And then I picked up all my mannerisms from Shahan Pura, who's a really good friend of mine who got married in January. Um, and I just stole all of his mannerisms because he's just way funnier than I'll ever be <laughs> for my entire life. I don't know. Have you noticed that at all? I oh, think absolutely. With- yeah. That, I think that's huge. Um, and I think in the gospels, I think, like you said, you see it, it happens right there. You know, the disciples, they, they follow Jesus and you see them start to pick up on a lot of his mannerisms. Uh, my spiritual director, Father Doug, uh, he, when I went on my silent retreat, he was talking to me about how to read the gospels. And he said, you know, there's different ways to read the gospels, but when I'm doing my just general meditation on the gospels, just reading them for prayer's sake, I'm always watching Jesus because it's not about analyzing the uh, Old Testament, you know, tie-ins that he makes. Those are important. But on a kind of day-to-day basis, we're walking through life, and we're supposed to be following Jesus. So he always told me, you know, when you read the Gospels, just watch Jesus. What does he do? Where does he do it? Why does he do it? When does he get angry? When does he go away on his own? When does he sit down and eat with people? You know, there's kind of a very special way that he does things. And I don't think it's something that you could write a paper about. I think it's something that you just need to experience. You need to listen to him. You need to watch him. And you just start to become more like him. You start to pick up on those traits just like you would for anybody else that you're around. Yeah. I think when we talk about being rooted in Jesus, I know when I used to think about this when I was like starting to get passionate, I'm like, oh my gosh, I see how many people I know that are, you know, leaving, leaving the faith or really struggling with with doubt, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but people who are um, have never really encountered like the love that God has for them or Jesus in a very real personal way where it's not just head knowledge to them or maybe they don't have that head knowledge at all. And I was like, okay, I need to do more with bringing people um, to like encounter Jesus. I don't really know how to do that. And I would think that, okay, 
like, okay, I heard some people, they told me the saying, like, I mean, it's pretty common. Uh, you can't give what you don't have. So for instance, you don't have like a relationship with Jesus. Like you can't, like if you don't know him in an intimate way, if you're not spending time with him, like you, you how are you supposed to give that to him? But I, I used to think it was like, okay, I'm going to go, um, try to evangelize. I didn't, I don't know. I thought, I forget, feel like I thought that was like street evangelization or I had to like always awkwardly bring it up in conversations, kind of forced the fact like, yes, like, oh, well, remember this, you know, this Jesus thing I did or like, I'll just going to bring it up and I would always feel extremely uncomfortable and I feel like the people I would be with would be really uncomfortable as well. But I thought of it as like this recharging thing, but I, I like it more how you're talking about where it's, we're trying to be more like Jesus because he really is like, he's the master evangelist. Like he's the master of bringing people of him, of investing in others about having intentional relationships mm-hmm. with yeah. other. And I think discipleship too, when we're, you know, called to evangelize to people, I don't think that you have to be perfect. And I think that's something to be careful of is, you know, you can't give what you don't have in so much as you need to be seeking the Lord. But obviously you don't have a perfect relationship with the Lord. And that's what you're trying to lead people towards. You know, you're on the journey together. But I think the most important part is that you see it as a journey and that you see it as, you know, helping somebody follow Jesus. Uh, but it's hard to follow Jesus if you don't know how to follow Jesus. And again, that doesn't mean you always follow Jesus, but at least you need to know how to follow Jesus and be seeking that and striving to that. Um, and, and I think the way to, to learn how to follow Jesus is to watch him. And it's my favorite part of the Gospels when you read them. And you find those moments where Jesus is most human, you know, when he weeps or when he just needs a minute and he steps aside or he gets frustrated with his disciples because they fell asleep three times, you know, and and you get those moments and you're like, he came here. But sometimes we get this idea that, you know, he came in this satin white cloth, you know, and he walked around the earth and yeah, he floated down and had a halo. Right. And and everything was just great. And he was, you know, know, we can just forget about his human side. And again, not to forget about his divine side, but he was 100% human. He experienced all the things that we experienced only in the perfect way. And, And so for us, he's a perfect model of how to live a normal life. Nobody's asking you to never struggle, never get frustrated, never get angry never get sad, anything like that. Because Jesus did all those things too, but he did them through the will of the Father, and that's what we're seeking. Uh, so who better to watch than the person that did what we should be doing perfectly? Yeah, in discipleship, I'm going to have an upcoming podcast in the future kind of describe these like stages of which Jesus took Shameless his plug? Yeah, pretty much. Let's be totally honest. Yeah, also shameless plug, um, which we'll do. Um, so we also have a Patreon We'll get back to um, podcasts in a sec, but we have a Patreon, which is basically a way for you to sust- oh, for us to have sustainable crowdfunding. So basically, um, we have different rewards. One is you get to be part of our cults, which is a great place to start. Um, another one is I'll send you a thank you card. You get credits in here. Um, but, but yeah, Patreon, that's going to help me basically be eating. I'm, I'm moving to Denver in the fall, and I'm going to get super poor. So <laughs> please support us on Patreon. We're going to have a link on pretty much everything. Uh, yeah, getting back, I think a lot of times, especially within the Catholic world, we think of growing close to God or even things we can do um, in discipleship as a lot of things to do. Like, it's like, okay, I got to do this checklist. I have to pray. Um, maybe it's a reading the Bible. Um, like, community is important, like, intentionally spending time with, like, other faith-built friendships. And I feel like and or that or like service, like other things or evangelization. And you could put 
add a whole list of things like to that. But I feel like that's kind of some of the essentials. But we see it as this list of like, okay, I got to check this off to be a good good Christian or good Catholic to, to level up or something like that in the faith as opposed to, hmm, I'm just going to go look at what Jesus did and I'm going to do that because he's doing all these things like and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I have an interesting perspective because, you know, for most of my life I was either in school or doing ministry work. And now I've gotten the taste of what it's like to just be a normal adult. I work a normal job-ish, um, normal hours. There's nothing inherently Christian or supportive about the environment where I work. Um, in fact, there's only a few people there that, you know, I'll openly talk about with these kind of things and they'll be able to dialogue back. So I've gotten to see what that kind of experience is like. And it's been really good for me, you know, whether I'll continue to work in the world or be called back to ministry, I'm not sure. But I think the perspective that I'm getting in what I do is really interesting because I understand what the bulk of people go through, which is the struggle to do what you would call a normal life and integrate Christ into it. But the principles that I've always talked about in ministry, they do apply. It's just uh, trying to figure out how they apply to you. You know, when I used to talk to my youth group and things like that, especially my leadership group, about what intentional discipleship looked like. You know, I'd take a piece of paper and I'd say, okay, you know, this is you, no Jesus, nothing. It's just a blank piece of paper. And I'd say, you know, so you first have that conversion experience and I'd start to tear the paper into some pieces. And I'd say, you start to fit the Lord in the places between your life, you know? So you're in school, but you're walking the hallway between classes. You take some time to pray. And then maybe after school, you go in and pray, you know, get that adoration in once a week, go to confession once a month, whatever. You start to fit the Lord in different places in your life. And that's a really great place to start. But I said, you know, intentional, you get more and more intentional, you start to rip the paper into even more places. You find even more little places to invite the Lord, you know, welcoming him into your class. You know, hey, Lord, I'm in class. I'm going to do this for you. These little simple things. I said, but intentional discipleship, and I would have this bucket of water, and I'd take the paper and I'd just drop it in the bucket of water and just let it soak up all the water. And I said, that's intentional discipleship. It's not, like you said, doing a checklist of fitting the Lord in between your life. Like, you know, I'm running for Christ, you know. No, we're doing everything for Christ. You know, um, you're clipping your nails for Christ. You know, like you, you start to integrate all these things. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean like you get on your knees in the bathroom and you're like, Lord, I clip these nails for you. Like it doesn't have to be like that. But you're integrating everything through Christ. You know, as if like, you know, Christ is this root. And then from that, everything else in your life comes. So whether it's a normal life, or a ministry life, or whatever kind of life. Everything that you do comes from that and comes through Christ. And it's kind of abstract and and, um, difficult to understand, but it's something you just have to experience. You just have to start inviting the Lord into more and more places in your life and ask Him to kind of saturate your life like that water saturating the paper. You know, say, Lord, I don't just want you between the things I do. I want the things I do to be you. And I think that's a really powerful moment. It's not perfect. It's not going to happen right away. I'm not perfect at it. But it's a beautiful prayer to be able to ask the Lord, like, I I just want you to saturate my entire life with you so that everything that I do, it's you. Yeah, I think I'll add on to that. I think, I know for me earlier when I made a, when I made my commitment, like, I am going to, like, I'm going to follow, like, try to follow Jesus. Like, I'm going to try out this Christian thing, Catholic thing. I'm going to, I made a serious commitment where where a lot of, you know, a lot of my life didn't really look at it. I was really struggling, struggling with things like uh, 
like actively like didn't even really care. I was like struggling with things like porn and masturbation, just treat people in my life like poorly. I, I mean, I just in a lot of ways I needed to mature and grow up and um, was giving God parts of my life. I think a lot of time and it's only been somewhat recently where I feel like I've understand where I used to do a lot of things for God. Like I'm not trying to nitpick at your terminology, but I used to a lot of things for him. It's like, okay, I need to be this, you know, this great, awesome person that's following. I'm trying to impress God. Um, and just kind of, the, I mean, this, this is a little Catholic nerd thing, but you know, in the mass when holding up the Eucharist um, right before the amen, they say through him in him and with him. And I feel like, that's the way that Jesus like wants us to live like life for us. Cause you know, when he, you know, when he goes like up on the cross, when he gives everything, he suffers like and dive, he's not just doing that for us, but he's giving us everything. And he's doing that because he wants to be with us and in a relationship with us in like every moment. And I feel like in every moment, not to make us like feel bad, but like <laughs> we're like Jesus paying, Jesus wants your attention all the time and you're not giving it to him. You're a terrible person. Like, no, it's not like that, but like he is always there like with us in a real like spiritual way. Um, and I think like kind of being my, I, I guess mindfulness, that's kind of more like an Eastern <laughs> thing, but it's like, like basically not just living our life for him, but living in relationship with it. I feel like that's kind of similar with to a marriage in some ways. Yeah, that's how I was just when you're say. in a serious relationship. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you talk more about that. Well, and it's not something I've personally experienced yet, although I'm seeing the way that it's going to apply. Um, but in the specifics, you know, later podcast. But uh, yeah, I, I've always liked the example of a marriage um, because there's those different aspects. Like in a marriage, there's, you know, the top aspect is the first aspect of every relationship with Jesus Christ, which is the the dates and the really formal stuff. And that stuff's great. And that's how everything starts. And there's nothing wrong with being in that place with the Lord where, you know, you're not, you're just having a trouble bringing him into your life, but you go and visit him in the church. Again, the first date with a girl, it's not like, okay, we're moving in now. You know, like you're just going on dates. You're, you're feeling it out. You're, you're trying to get to that place. That's okay. That's a good place to be. And then you progress in that relationship. And again, you rip that paper more and more, you know, as a relationship progresses, you start to become more and more a part of different parts of your life. And in a marriage, when you talk to somebody who's married, it, it, there's no on and off, you know, there's no like I'm married and then I'm not married. That marriage saturates their entire life. It's the reason they go to work. It's the reason they, you know, go to the, it takes up 24 hours a day of their lives, that marriage. It's it's not a thing they do. It's who they are. They're, the, they're a husband. They're a wife. And that's exactly the same perspective we need to have on Jesus. It's not something we do. It's someone we are. You know, we're a spouse of Jesus. So, you know, all the same things apply. All the same principles apply. And he needs to just consume our lives. But the, the cool thing is, just like in a marriage, it's not something that you have to be overly formal about it's not like you have to sit down with your you know wife to be in her like we're going to be consumed by this marriage like you don't have to be like that you know like it just happens and that's the same thing with the lord it's not something where we need to give you a you know 16 point um, travel plan to get there you know as you start spending time with the lord you start letting him into more areas it's going to come naturally that you do things, like you said, I love that, through him, with him, in him. It's, it's exactly it. That's discipleship at the heart. 
don't need to overcomplicate it, you know, with forums or philosophical discussion. That's it. Through him, with him, in him. It's a subtweet right there. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're we not going to mention names, that. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just being able to, uh, to live through him. And me and uh, one of my other friends were reading on uh, Imitation of Christ right now. And one of the things that that author harks on is finding that place in your heart, that inner place where the Lord dwells. And letting that be, like I was saying before, kind of the the soil from which your entire life is rooted. And I love that image too, that image of everything draws from there. You know, and again, there are things that you're doing that are not gonna seem overtly Christian. And before you kind of had this experience of discipleship, you would have never thought of it as as for Christ. Um, but it's a powerful moment when you start to just uh, live within that relationship in everything that you do. Yeah, that ties in perfectly with this is the thing I've been wanting to bring up and talk about. So usually when me and Josh get together, we we catch up, we talk about what's been going on in our life, like how are things going with Sarah. He'll talk about how are th- you know how are things going with your cat. <laughs> <laughs> some some lonely, pretty much. Not not totally lonely. Um, but um, we we catch up on that. And I'll, I'll usually have like, oh, Josh, I've been thinking about this ministry thing. I had this really good idea. Um, but me and a student student of mine, I'm Zach Pender. So shout out to Zach. We recently were going, we meet for one-on-one discipleship, but basically we just kind of go and we talk, we pick out a scripture passage and we be like, okay, how can we apply this to our lives? And we were reading over um, the parable of the sower. So if you guys aren't familiar, it's when Jesus talks about, you know, sower goes out to sow, um, he puts the seed. So the seed would be like the gospel message. So basically that God loves us, but we've sinned, um, but God sent his son Jesus to die for us. And by taking that sin upon him, he rose again from that. And because of that, we can have life in this life and the next through him. Basic explanation right there. So there's this message is kind of strewn about. So the seed, and it lands on rocky soil, doesn't grow very well because, you know, things don't grow too well in concrete or <laughs> rock or cement or whatever. Um, at least that I've seen. I mean, you're the, you're the master grower. But so there's the rocky soil. There's the um, thorny soil which is kind of like the cares of the world and other things um, as well. And I think, oh my gosh, I'm blanking right here. I have it right in front of me. Um, yeah, but basically grows, there's soil that doesn't grow on very well. Um, and then there's like the good soil as well. So we were, we were talking about that for a while. And then something we kind of realized with kind of like this this hidden meaning, like in this passage, is that if you think about like good soil, um, so you, when you have like a plant, like growing me and me and, um, Josh actually went to, what you call that? Like greenhouse yeah, nursery nursery place. Yeah. yeah. We went, we went to that earlier today and, um, I asked him a question, um, because we were going around looking around, he was looking at fruit trees and wasn't actually going to pick them out because fruit trees don't grow too well, um, in an apartment. Um, yeah. I was tempted, but I didn't. Yeah. I, I was wondering, cause I was like looking at these trees and I could see that, you know, you could see this kind of tree. It's like six or some of them are like six or seven feet high. And then they're just in this kind of really big pot. I'm like, man, those soil, I mean, those, those roots must be really cramped down there because I think it's a very common thing that um, I remember hearing growing up in like biology or whatever, is that like, usually when you see the kind of the top of a tree, um, that's like, you can almost like flip it like um, and like under the ground and that's what's going on underneath. And I think the same thing with our lives is when we look at other people and 
look at other people, we see like, okay, there's spiritually, here's what you're doing. I can see this in your life. This is the ways that you're bearing fruit. But there's just like, there's this inner reality that's flipped up and happening under. And it's just something that, that happens as well, where there's these roots. And that's like our internal spiritual life is the relationship we have with the Lord, the time that we're spending with him. And it's so important to have those roots because without that, like, you can look really awesome. You can look like you're going to like grow, but if you don't have those roots, like you're pretty much limited of how, how like deep you can grow. If you think about, um, if Jesus, like he calls us like to bear fruit, he says that like John 15, um, as well, is that a tree can really grow or like a tree, like any kind of plant can only grow so much to support like on top. So like, I guess the visible, what you can see, um, like the roots have to support it like as well. And I feel like there's this, there's this kind of dynamic that goes on that like matches the spiritual life. And that's like these kind of subtle things that Jesus is like getting at after is that um, with like the roots is that, you know, roots kind of have to be challenged to grow. And I feel like in a lot of ways we're complacent um, like spiritually where like if we're not pushing ourselves to grow and like giving back the faith, or like giving back and leading people to Jesus. So like the kind of the upward, the outside, the external that people can see, um, not just that people can see, but bringing people to the Lord, then our roots are, we're only going to grow so much inwardly, like with the Lord, like as well. I don't know, have you experienced that? Where like giving back or like leading or evangelizing or serving has given you, helped you grow like deeper in your faith? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a two-way street, you know. When you're trying to give and you don't, have good roots you know you get you get um you get dried out pretty quick you know you just run out of of gusto you know you run out of material uh you run out of drive to help people you know you just you just kind of get to a certain point where you're just like i I just nothing i'm not being fed you know i have these really shallow roots and on the other hand you know when you have those experiences of evangelization and things like that those are the moments often that draw you to make deeper roots um, so it is, is it a two-way channel? And one thing uh, that reminded me of that analogy, actually two things. One, uh, I like plants a lot. So um, one of the interesting things is that soil, like if there was one plant and soil, uh, that, that the only thing that makes that soil fertile is everything that came before it. Like other things have to make that, that soil fertile. And I think that's really similar in the spiritual life. Very rarely do you find people... And if you do, it's the Lord's work alone who have just had an experience of the Lord on their own and uh, come to this amazing life of perfect discipleship. I mean, that you could probably count the number of people in history on your hand that have had that experience. You know, most people, they build their spiritual life on the fertilized soil of friends, family, the church, a saint, some experience that they've had that was created by somebody else. And really I think good podcast. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but the other thing is, you know, in that analogy, I think what I found being in the world is the most common one of those analogies that I think people fall into, and myself included, is the plant that hits fertile soil. You know, I've had very fertile soil, amazing friends, amazing youth ministry program in high school, all the retreats and experiences that I could ever want. You know, I mean, Josh sometimes... Josh is very fertile right now. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, I, I look at the Lord and I'm just like, how, how with all this 
am I still where I am now? <laughs> like I should be like a 60 foot willow tree right now, you know? And I'm like a tiny little bamboo plant, you know? <laughs> and like, Lord, you've given me everything. Like it's my fault. You've given me everything that I need. But I think most people fall into this, you know, they have this experience. Most Christian people, they have this experience. Somehow it's provided to them, a retreat, church, whatever it may be a really holy friend or something, and they grow on this fertile soil and they get growing, but they get choked out by weeds. Probably 90% of Christian young people that I've talked to, it's exactly the experience they've had, and it's the experience they continue to have over and over and over again. You know, the world being the weeds, it just chokes you out, you know, and especially when you start coming into adulthood, you start working and things like that the menial kind of routine tasks of the day, they choke you right out. You know, they, they're competing for that sunlight, just like a, just like weeds do, you know, um, especially in college and things like that. You've got a little bit more time, you know, anybody that thinks they're busy in college, you know, <laughs> got you're not working 60 hours a week, right. And, saving the world. <laughs> and you're surrounded by peers, you know, you're in this really kind of sort of reality, but not really. And you have the opportunity to walk right to church because it's right there. You know, you have friends who are like, hey, come to Tuesday night mass. I don't have that. Like if it's Tuesday night, I'm here in my apartment alone. I don't have friends, you know, my neighbors come knock on my door like, hey, we're going to mass. Like, no, you know, they're all asleep at like nine. Um, so it's much different when you become kind of into the adult world and things like that. And I think the weeds of the world just start to grow and they start to compete for that sunlight. And if you're not living through the Lord in the things that you're doing, then these things start to become weeds themselves. You know, the, the, I think the world and w- your work, they can become weeds or they can become part of the vine of Christ. Um, so I think it's really important to, to kind of have that understanding that there's only, there's so much sunlight and the things in your life are competing for that. Unless you live through the Lord. I think once you start living through the Lord, then everything becomes part of that plant, that main plant. And, um, yeah, I've just found that experience. I think most people can relate. The world just kind of starts to choke you out. It starts to, to grow up around you, um, which, again, would be an interesting segue into the, um, you know, friends and discipleship thing because being surrounded by people who are also seeking the Lord really helps you battle through those weeds. Yeah. I think kind of going off before we get into that is I know in my life I feel like ever since I made a real commitment, kind of when going back to when I was a freshman in high school, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to give this, like this God part, like this, this Jesus part. I'm, okay. I'm going to give you like, I'll, I'll let this start growing in my life. Like I'm going to, I'm going to let it go. But I had all these, not just like area, like the, of course, serious areas of sin, like in my life, some like addictions and, um, and just terrible ways that I treated people and treated myself. But also just a lot of other things that were just in, and really, if I'm going to be totally honest, and I feel like when it comes about priorities, things that were definitely priorities, like over the Lord, whether it was like, um, I guess really like relationships, like I wanted to be in, um, friends, like even just in a lot of like video games, like TV, music, <laughs> sports, um, I could, I could go on a name, like a list of, but there's just so many things in my life where you know, God was a part of it. I'd give, you know, God would get his kind of like share of the pie where I'd give him, 
like he did, okay, like you're going to get like 20% this week or maybe like 5% or you now if it's a good week, it's like 40, but I'm not going to give you everything. And it's almost like if you have this like pot where like the main like vine uh, that's growing is like this like seed that comes from the gospel where it's this life of like Christ. And instead of like tending to that, and spending a lot of time on that. So like in Josh's apartment now, like you can see where he's got a lot of different plants and he like prunes them. He's like taking care of them, like making sure they have the right amount of light, um, soil, like pH content, like all these things that go into raising plant. And it's like, if we didn't do that for that, um, didn't do that for like the life of Christ or like following him. And we just spend it on all the weeds like instead. And I feel like I've spent so much of my life like doing that is spending my time on, Honestly, things that may not be bad, like I'm not saying, you know, like a, like from an objective standpoint, like TV is evil, like video games, you're wasting your life, like music. I mean, obviously you should go outside sometimes, but it's not like these things are inherently evil or even like different friends or relationships. But if I'm spending more of my time on these things than anything else, then it's not really worth it. And I something I've had an experience where this kind of this past Lent, um, I, I don't want to talk too much about it to tell you guys how awesome I am and how much better than I am than you. <laughs> but I uh, know I, but basically I, I feel like usually with Lent, I don't really take it very seriously. And this year, kind of right before Lent, I realized that like I was just becoming a slave to these things, whether it was like I always, like I noticed I couldn't go to the bathroom without like getting my phone first. <laughs> so I could watch YouTube videos or like something like I just couldn't like tear myself away from a screen. Um, like I was, I was kind of slave to like eating whatever I felt like, or like, oh, I should have some Coca-Cola. Like, yeah. 10 o'clock is a really good time of night to do that. But it was just this whole slavery in my whole life to basically to pleasure and doing what I've, what felt good and not doing things that didn't feel like, didn't feel great. And it was just this like total lack of discipline. And then I did this thing. I'm doing this thing called Exodus 90. I'll let you guys look it up. But basically it's, it's really intense. You kind of give up like most devices. I mean, you can do some stuff on Sunday, but you, you have like cold, lukewarm showers. You have to exercise you have 20 minutes of prayer. It's, it's really intense. And I'm not, it, I didn't do it because I'm like, oh, I want to be really awesome. And uh, I mean, I think there's that little pride, pride part in the back of my head. And um, I didn't like, I was basically having to give up a lot of these kind of like creature comforts in my life. These things that I went to like again and again and again. And I've noticed that by me, like kind of having not just discipline, but letting, putting my focus be from these, from like those stuff, like all the stuff in my life to people, like people I care about and also like the Lord and like cultivating this relationship. It's like those things die. It's like the weeds die and and they provide this like beautiful, like good soil for like the Lord to grow on. And it's not, now I've kind of, since Lent, I've been integrating like some of those things like back into my life, and I've had to be careful that I'm not just diving back into it. But it they, they're not they don't hold the same sway over me. Like they're kind of in their right priority, where it's not the first thing I'm doing, first thing I'm going through, first thing I'm doing is trying to be available to the Lord and be available to people and be healthy. Yeah, and I think too, as you start that relationship and start to cultivate that. It's kind of like the uh, those penny machines that you find at like planetariums and stuff. Like it slowly kind of accelerates and accelerates, and, and you basically fall in more and more. I think that's the experience that I've had with the Lord. I think that's the experience that everybody has with the Lord is you you put a an inch forward, you know, and the Lord pulls you a foot, you know. So 
So don't be daunting by the distance you have to go to get to that point because once you start going into that, the Lord draws you there and, and you're drawn there. And it, it's just like marriage, you know, as you're talking about giving up things and stuff like that. I really had to experience that because, you know, you're in college and stuff like that. Like you said, you eat when you want, you buy what you want, you know, borrowing that you have the money for it, things like that. And then, you know, you get into a marriage and now every single thing that I do as I start to get ready for marriage is about that. Everything that I do comes through that lens. And that's another uh, visual I like to use for a relationship with the Lord. You know, he kind of gives you a lens through which to see the world and everything kind of comes in a new in different way. So experiencing that with marriage, I think it's the same with the Lord. Everything that we do kind of comes through that lens, comes through that filter. Um, so, you know, being present with the Lord and, and inviting him to, into all these little things, inviting him into these little places, he's going to draw you closer to him. He's going to make those places more holy. You know, if you invite him to come to work with you, he's going to draw you into making that work his work. It, you don't have to do that yourself, you know, because it can be really difficult depending on what you do. You know, I remember that was something that I really had trouble with. I was at my work and I'm like, oh, you know, how does this work have anything to do with you? How am I supposed to evangelize and do all the things that you're calling me to do at this work? And by simply asking that question, he answered it. And why I doubted him, I don't know. I have no reason to doubt him. He's come through every single time. But, you know, you, we, we get nervous. We get in those places and we're like, Lord, I want to be better, but how am I supposed to be better? How am I supposed to do your will here? Well, I'm glad you asked because I've got the answer. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times we're looking for, I don't know, maybe you could give some practical tips, but I think a lot of ways it's like people when, because I've been to different talks and like either given them or been at them, and people ask, they're like, oh, this person seems to be good evangelization. And most Catholics are like, they have no idea how to actually do that. So they're um, like, oh, man, how do I do this? How do I do this in the workplace? How do I do this? How do I do that? And it was like, okay, give you some practical tips. Where I think really what it comes down to is like, if we're rooted like in the Lord, if we're seeking to follow him, if we're giving him, you know, the whole like pie of our life, like I'm giving you everything, I'm not holding back, then it's going to come out like naturally. It's like when we're kind of when we're like deeply in love with someone in a very real way where you just can't shut up about it and it gets annoying, but it's like, it's, it's true. It's like when you love someone or someone like something happens to you, that's awesome. It's like, you want to share it with people. And I feel like we neglect that step. Like for me, I'm like, oh yeah, but, but give me the practical tips. Like, please give me that. And it's like, no, first be rooted in the Lord. Like grow deep with him. That's that's the first thing that a plant does. Like when it grows, it gets roots in the soil, and then like it comes up from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, um, like you said, having that initial rootedness, having that initial kind of strength, the Lord has work to do in the world. A lot of work to do in the world. He's got a lot of people that he wants to reach. So I, I'm not sure why we all kind of get worried about this, like, how are, how are we going to do the Lord's work? Then the Lord's like, I've got work to do everywhere. You know, don't be worried about that. Like you said, be rooted in me and just ask the Lord to come into your job. And he will, and he'll provide you with those opportunities to evangelize in the workplace. And that's exactly what I found. You know, I found opportunities not to stand up on my desk at work and start yelling at people, you know, about the Bible, uh, but just trying to live a more authentic life, an authentic Christian life, it makes people ask questions. 
you know, you live this life and, and there's something different about you. And there is, you know, you have the omnipotent God dwelling within your heart in a powerful way. Uh, it's kind of noticeable. A big deal. <laughs> it, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Jesus is kind of a big deal. It's pretty noticeable. And so we just, we overcomplicate these things. And I'm the worst. I'm so guilty of this. We overcomplicate things and not to undercomplicate them and be like, you know, free, just be a free spirit, you know, just love Jesus and everyone will come to you. But I think to hit that middle ground of, you know, just start by living your life in the Lord intentionally. And people notice, and I remember I heard that from people and I didn't believe them, but I've experienced that. People see that and it's different. It's not... You know, why do you do these things? Why why are you always happy? That's huge. Why are you always joyful? Man, you're a really dynamic person. Why do you do all these? Like I'm a crazy person. I do all kinds of random things. And when people ask me why, it's basically like when somebody brings something up to me, if I feel like it's something the Lord wants me to do, I just say yes. You know, everything that everyone's like, oh, that would be cool. And they don't do it. I do. I'm like, oh, that would be cool. I'm going to do it. You know, so I have tons of things that I'm involved in that, you know, that part of my life is something that I feel like the Lord and I share together really intimately, you know, because I do a lot of different things, with a lot of different people. So I don't have a person in my life, you know, even my fiance who shares in all of those little things. But that's a part of me that the Lord has really brought out is somebody who, you know, one minute is working with NASA to classify protoplanetary disks around stars. And the next minute I'm getting called out to a search and rescue mission on my special rescue team. And then I'm jumping out of a plane skydiving and, you know, all this uh, in your cracks. Right. Exactly. I was about to say you're the most interesting man in the world, but I'm like, this kid wears cracks. I wear cracks. I'm with like the, with the fluff. Kids. Uh, like it's got like the fur lining. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to be warm during the winter cause I don't want to turn my heating bill up cause I'm also like Mr. Eco-friendly plant guy. So I've got a, a lot of things. Yeah. But you know, what's beautiful about that is, that part of my personality has always been there, but as I've come to the Lord, that part of my personality has been enhanced. People think they're afraid that the Lord's going to turn them into this kind of cookie-cutter mold of an evangelist. But for me, that's my way that I've found to evangelize the most powerfully, is that the Lord has brought out in me this kind of dynamic interest so that I have a lot in common with a lot of people. And I've gotten the chance then to have really intimate conversations with people of very different backgrounds. You know, I can have a conversation with, again, you know, somebody at my search and rescue team who's somebody very different than somebody, you know, who might work with uh, NASA like I do with some of the star stuff. So it's kind of cool that the Lord, he built that niche for me. I didn't do any of that. I, didn't, I wasn't like, I'm going to join this group so that I can evangelize them because they're all sinners, you know. Maybe I was thinking that, but I didn't do I'm that. I'm all better than them. <laughs> right. I'm so much better than them, as you can see. Their life perfect must life. really suck. Right. You know. <laughs> I've got a perfect life. Let me tell you about it. But the Lord provided that niche. And again, as always, you look at it and you're like, why did I doubt you, Lord? And uh, I don't know. I keep doing it and he keeps providing. So, you know, I, I simply ask him to come into, the, into my life in a more powerful way. And he provides the niche through which that's going to happen. And you just say... Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. As the beautiful Christian hymn goes. Just <laughs> kill it. Let it be dead. Um, I think a few things, just because I want to flesh out, because I, I love this analogy. I want to bring up some more stuff. But I think going before, even before that, it's simply like, this is what Jesus like said to Peter when Peter, like when he was calling Peter to follow him. He says, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Where if we, that's a promise, if we follow Jesus 
and we're trying to be like him, trying to spend our lives. We're trying to live um, through him, with him, and in him. If we're just simply trying to fall more in love with him, and like especially like reading the Gospels, like that's something I've been doing, trying to do at night is reading through the Gospels, reading through his life, then we're going to become fishers of men, and we're going to learn from him how to do it. Like we're going to learn from basically the master that taught these, <laughs> taught the disciples that equipped them with the Holy Spirit. He's going to be the one equipping us. It's not just going to be from these nice little evangelization models or, I don't know, like whatever it is. It's, we're going to learn from Jesus. And I think that's what's so important. Um, just, I want to go into this, and I love this analogy, going back more into um, like, as far as like the parable, parable of the sower, I, I can really look back at all all times in my life and see where I was like with this. So for instance, when I first went on a kind of retreat where I had this really dynamic experience of God and I was like, Oh my gosh, everything in my life's going to change. I was like a, I was like a seed that just sprouted. Like I, I like had water for the first time and I'm like, this is amazing. This is awesome. And then I, but I had no roots and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, I didn't have any real discipleship in my life. I had this kind of encounter with the Lord and these really deep little baby roots. And when I went back, you know, not much in my life changed. I, I remember when I got back from the camp where everything kind of, where I made that, after I made that choice and immediately made my mom got in the shouting match about something stupid for like 15 minutes. And I was just like, oh, this just ruined everything. It's all your fault, mom. But it's like the real thing is I was, I let, I like brought up something and I just went back to my same old habits of being angry. And then I can see kind of slowly like from me and from there until now in my life where there's a lot of things where spiritually, you know, it's been me seeking every day. Like I'm going to grow deeper with the Lord or I'm going to give back. And by me giving back, that forces me to grow deeper roots to have this more vibrant inner relationship with God. So, cause I've had times when ministry, I'm like, you know, I'm being a hypocrite. Like this isn't, I'm not, speaking really from my life. I'm just saying things. People want me here, and it forces me to go back and give more, but also times when I've wanted to more seek and follow the Lord, and I've kind of found like there's a limit of only how far I can go, and then I ha- when I give back, when I like evangelize, when I lead, when I serve, when I use my gifts, it like opens up this like kind of deeper level, and it's like, wow, like this only comes from giving back um, in a way, but I, I kind of look till now, and looking all the stops back that led me to now. And I can see that in this time in my life, I have deeper roots. And a lot of what happened is just time. Um, I was talking, I, I heard this from somewhere recently, where a lot of times in our lives, we we hope spiritually, well, we, we kind of look at ourselves and like, wow, I'm not growing. Like, I don't feel like I'm growing that much. But that's like the same thing as if you went out into a tree um, went out and watched a tree and you were like watched it every day. Like it doesn't look like it's growing. It's but, only a little bit more interesting than watching golf though. Yeah. Only a little more, <laughs> but like you look at a tree every day, it's not going to look like it's growing. Like, oh, maybe like, Oh, there's times of spring where things are blossoming. You're like, Oh, things are dead. <laughs> it's the winter time, which is, I think that's a good analogy for times in my spiritual life feels like, but the reality is from those little like millimeters that we're growing every day in the Lord and seeking to follow him and coming back and having encounter experiences, you know, that builds up over time. And that's how people get to, you know, living like a saint is, is it something that God's doing in us? You know, he's doing this active growth, but by us saying yes to that every day, like we're going into 
something that's going to bear much fruit um, and become shelter for other people to dwell under. Thank you guys for listening to episode three of the Millennial Mission Podcast. Um, we really want you to join in the conversation, as I said in the beginning. So please let us know. I'm on our website, millennialmission.org, I'm under this podcast. How do you stay rooted to Christ? And how does that change your life and how you reach others and affect others in your life? So please like some Facebook, follow us on um, Instagram and Twitter, send it for a newsletter, support us on Patreon, and keep on doing what you do. doing.